Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is a day that the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Aren't you glad that you're able to rejoice? Aren't you glad that you're in it? This morning, I want to talk to you about something that is a very interesting subject uh, entitled Help. I'm overwhelmed. Is there anybody out there like that? Is there anybody that's overwhelmed? You know, even on your best days, you have the potential to have to be challenged with being overwhelmed. The phone's ringing all the time, an email overload, family responsibilities. And, you know, the list goes on and on and on and on. Um, Then you have to make choices. What are we going to eat for dinner tonight? You have money challenges. Sometimes too much month left at the end of your money. (laughs) And you have health issues. All of these things come to us without our (laughs) inviting it. How, How many of you know about that? You don't have to invite it, but this is a part of life. And when these things come into your life, you have the potential to be overwhelmed. These things can weigh you down. So what exactly does it mean to be overwhelmed? What it means is, is to cause to be overcome with emotions as a result of the amount of something, Well, whether it be work, whether it be stress, or so on. It also means, listen to this, to bury under or to drown beneath a huge mass. To bury or to drown. You know, when you're overwhelmed, you seem like you're sinking the rise no more. And it seems like the, the, the weight becomes insurmountable. And it's no no longer you can shoulder this thing. You know, uh But we're going to talk about it today because unless you really understand what being overwhelmed is, you understand it from uh, conceptually. You understand it uh, from just knowing that I've been there. I've done that. I'm even I'm there now. But if we break it down and analyze being overwhelmed, I want to show you from a different perspective. I want you to see it from a whole nother perspective. And you'll be more prone to stand against it when you understand just what being overwhelmed is all about. We can start this out by going to Deuteronomy chapter 28. I like to to read from Deuteronomy many times because it actually separates what's for us and what's not for us. We know that in Deuteronomy chapter 28, we know from the first 14 verses, This is the blessings. This is what is for us. But then when it starts out with verse 15, it says this, that if you will not uh, obey the laws of God, and and it tells you then about all the things that will come on you. And so we will look at Deuteronomy 28. And I want to show you this about being overwhelmed, uh, starting at verse 43. The Bible says, The stranger that is within thee shall get above thee very high, and thou shall be brought very low. Now, we want you to understand position, okay? The stranger will get up above thee very high, and you shall be brought very low. Then it says, and he shall lend to thee, and thou shall not lend to him. 
Here's the most important part. He shall be the head and thou shall be the tail. Now, what it's saying here from a positional standpoint is that the enemy will lord over you. The enemy will be the head and you shall be the tail. Now, remember when we was getting our description of being overwhelmed, it says to bury or to drown beneath a heavy mass. What I want to point out to you about this as far as being overwhelmed is concerned, being overwhelmed is not of God. Actually, being under being overwhelmed is a curse. It is the enemy. What do I mean by that? When you feel, are feeling overwhelmed, when that feeling starts to come on you, it is the enemy trying to change positions with you. He's trying to get above the very high and make you be brought very low. You start feeling weight. You start feeling a heaviness. You start feeling discontentment. Your, your emotions go all over the place. And that's because you are out of position. You are not meant to be underneath. We say it all the time, you know, under the circumstances, you should not be under the circumstances. You should lower it above the circumstances. Now, I do know that there are times when we have that battle. There are times we have that struggle. I do know that. And I'm not being insensitive to that. But what I am saying is at that point, you have to begin to fight your way back to your proper position. See, that's what happened to Adam in the garden. The Bible says that the Adam and, and Eve were giving the garden in order to protect it, to keep it and to maintain it. However, the enemy came and caused uh, himself to usurp authority and switch positions with them. So when you start feeling that weight, just know at that time, the enemy is trying to switch positions with you. Did you get that? Now, let's continue to look. Being, we said this, being uh, overwhelmed is not of God and it's not noble. You know, I hear people say sometimes when they are saying that they are overwhelmed, they almost say it with an attitude of it being a noble position. You know, oh, I just got so much stuff going on right now. That is the importance factor. To, uh, I don't know whether I'm going or coming. But listen at what you're saying. Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue. He that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The Bible says that thou art snared, Proverbs 6 and 2. By the words of your mouth and by the words of your mouth, you are taken. Are you listening? You switch positions just by the word of your mouth, just by you buying into what the enemy is trying to do. Let's continue to move on because I have a lot to say. When you don't see it as an enemy, when you don't see it as a curse, you are more prone to tolerate it. You are more prone to try to live with it. You are more prone to try to coexist with something that God never promised you. See, because if you got the mind of Christ, the only way you can be overwhelmed is when the enemy tries to get you out of position. You're going to see that uh, a little bit later in this lesson. So 
let's let's just you know you never should embrace being overwhelmed is my point let's look at some scripture and let's see what the word of god has to say about this are you with me let's look at luke chapter 22 luke chapter 22 and this is a very very important account of Jesus himself being overwhelmed. But you have to understand, and we will point out what the enemy was trying to do when Jesus felt this pressure. Let's look at Luke chapter 22, and we'll start reading at verse 41. The Bible says, And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and he kneeled down and he prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thou will be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Now, listen, hold it right there. Uh, what we're saying here is Jesus walked away from the disciples, and the Bible says he kneeled down and he prayed. And he said, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup, remove this cup from me. At this point, it was the enemy trying to switch places with him because we know it was the will of God for him to be the sacrificial lamb. But he was feeling the pressure. Now, let's continue to look on. The Bible says, and being in agony or being overwhelmed, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling to the ground. <laughs> now, this is this is so, so important here. Um, he was overwhelmed at this time because the enemy had him uh, entertaining the thought of not doing what he came to do. He made him entertain that thought remove this cup from me and he began to 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 sweat the bible says that it was like great drops of blood and this is a very rare medical condition uh that is considered hemodohydrosis <laughs> let me go back hemodohydrosis this is what it is. I had to go back and I had to keep looking at this because I've heard it many times before. Hemodohydrosis. And this is when the capillaries under such great stress and pressure begin to burst and you begin to secrete blood out of your pores. Now, I can tell you this. None of us, you might have felt like you was under pressure. But you didn't sweat no blood over your house payment. <laughs> you didn't sweat any blood over your children. You didn't sweat any blood over your husband. You might have felt like shedding blood, but you didn't sweat any. Are you listening? I'm saying this is this is this is very very important because Jesus Himself, the Son of Man, was under extreme pressure, and. It was mental stress, severe mental stress. So he was severely overwhelmed. Now, interesting enough, 
is that this account in Luke was the only account that really gave this uh, synopsis of what Jesus went through from a medical condition. And it would not be strange because Luke himself was a physician. So, you know, the rest of them, Matthew and Mark, Luke, well, Matthew, Mark, and John, they did not go that much in depth with, a, with his medical analysis. However, Luke did. Now, Isaiah 53 and 6, it says that, uh, and the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. At that point, Jesus was feeling the weight, the weight of the world that was on his shoulder. He was beginning to feel at the, the anticipation of going to the cross. You know, Jesus himself was overwhelmed. Yes, Jesus. He was overwhelmed. It was too much coming at him, and he was starting to feel the weight. And it came from him anticipating what he was about to encounter. Are you listening? He was under a heavy burden. He was, he was thinking, his thinking was entertaining not going to the cross. Many times when you know that God is requiring something of you. Many times when you know you have a task at hand and you begin to go under pressure and go under stress, it's because you are anticipating what it's going to cost you. When you know I have a heavy schedule, what you do is you begin to rehash and rethink over all of the things that I have to do all of the things that's on my schedule, all the things that's, that I am responsible for. Before you even take on the task, it is your anticipation of the load that really puts you under pressure. Are you listening? So when you start feeling being un overwhelmed, this is the time for you to stop. This is the time for you to begin to analyze what is happening, to know. See, we think about the task at hand instead of the condition that's present. The condition that's present is the enemy switching places with you. The condition that's present is the enemy getting you to, to, to go under pressure about something you haven't even done yet. Are you listening? And so, therefore, you get caught up. And you go under pressure about something that you have not even done at this point. So you begin to feel overwhelmed. You need to stop. You need to realize what's happening here. What is happening here is your peace is going under siege. At this point, it is the MO of the enemy to rob you of your peace. And I'll tell you why. Well, I get ahead of myself. Being overwhelmed and being at peace can, can, is impossible. It can never happen. It is an oxymoron. You cannot be at peace and overwhelmed at the same time. When you are feeling overwhelmed, the enemy has stepped in and he's trying to steal your peace. He's trying to remove your peace. Now, what's so important about our peace? It's, it, we can find this detail in St. John chapter 14. 
This is what's so important about our peace. This is what Jesus said. And listen very carefully. Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, only time we hear that about let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid is at funerals. I mean, we have taken this scripture so far out of context. And yes, I understand. Yes, it does apply at that time, but we use it as a catchphrase. And, you know, many times we preach a sound like morticians. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. If you believe in the Lord, believe also in me. Guys, listen. Jesus was talking in context about I am giving you a different kind of peace. I am giving you a peace that if you don't allow it, cannot be stirred, disturbed no matter what you're going through. My kind of peace passes all understanding. My kind of peace will endure in the midst of a storm. My kind of peace is not conditional based off of your externals. It's not based off of what you're going through. What's got you disturbed right now? Then you are being removed away from the peace that was given to you. See, let me tell you something here, and I want you to understand something. When Jesus was overwhelmed, this is the reason why Jesus was overwhelmed. I didn't bring this point out, but Jesus was overwhelmed because of the fact that not only did he anticipate going to the cross, the Bible says in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, it says that uh, looking unto Jesus, the author and finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and despised the shame. And now was set down on the right hand of the father. However, the joy that was set before him, but what disturbed his peace was he anticipated and he knew that ultimately he was going to be separated from the father. This is the point. When when your peace is disturbed, the kind of peace God gave you, the kind of peace Jesus said, I leave unto you. When your peace is disturbed, you are being drifted away from the presence of God. You've got to get that. You must get that. You must retain that understanding. When you feel shaky, disruptive, when you feel like that your, your, your nerves are fragile and they're on end, you are being drifted away from the presence of God. This is why the enemy bring those thoughts. This is why the enemy bring that, that, that dread, the dread that comes with anticipating a task. He's drifting you. Without you knowing it, you're drifting away from the presence of God. Why? Because in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Refreshing comes from his presence. You are not being refreshed. You are being overwhelmed. You are drifting out of his presence. Did you get that? Anytime you feel that, that that shakiness coming on you, he is drifting you out of God's presence. And Jesus knew, I'm going to be separated for these three or four days from my father 
who I have eternally been in his presence. And the enemy comes against you to do the same thing. He He's bringing, he's your peace is under siege. He said, my peace that I leave unto you, not as the world give unto you. See, Jesus, listen, Jesus is telling you, you can have his peace in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your test, in the midst of your challenge. You can maintain peace in the midst of a storm. You can hold on to his kind of peace regardless to a storm. Do you remember what he said whenever the disciples said, Master, care us not that we perish. After he had given them the word, let us go to the other side. What did he tell you to do? What did he say to you? And then the enemy came to attack your peace. And Jesus said, peace, be still. Sometimes you have to say that when you feel yourself. And see, we much rather entertain and enjoy the responsibility of being overwhelmed than to tell our peace, you stay still and tell the storm that is coming against you to shut up. Storm, quiet down. I rebuke this storm that's trying to rob me of my peace. See, because this is the thing. You have to understand that he said, not as the world give I unto you. See, this is the thing about the peace that the world gives you. The world tells us that peace can only be had in the absence of conflict. This is what the world says. Long as there is no war, long as there is no conflict, you can experience peace. What does Jesus say? Jesus said, the greatest storm in the world can come, but the peace that I give you, you can maintain your peace right in the middle, right in the eye of the storm. You ever noticed that in the middle of the storm is peaceful? Right in the quote unquote eye of the storm is quiet. When there is a hurricane, when there is a coming, when the storm gets to the point where the eye is over you, the wind cease. Isn't that amazing? And all of a sudden, the sun will come back out. Jesus is saying, maintain your peace right in the eye of the storm. But if you go too far to the left or to the right, he said, you're going to get caught up. That's where you have to stop and meditate. Peace, be still. Listen. Jesus said this. He said, here's another word for being overwhelmed. Jesus said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. In other words, he said that I am overcome to the point that it is killing me. And some of us, we will say that, but Jesus said it, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. It's exceedingly overwhelmed. Are you listening? Be careful what you say. And I hear people, boy, and they just like, I'm just overwhelmed. That's a curse. And if you want it, then 
claim it. But it's a curse. You need to learn how to stand against that the same way you stand against sin because it's a curse. The enemy is trying to switch places with you and get above the very high and bring you very low. Let me continue to move on here. So listen, this is another thing. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. We understand that. But there are some very interesting facts about the Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane, it simply means an olive press or oil press. Ironically enough, this is the place Jesus went back to when he went under the most pressure. The Bible says, and listen to this, and this is a note for many of you, and being in agony, the Bible says he prayed the more earnestly. Now, this is what I want to bring out in this. Being in agony, he prayed the more earnestly. Guys, you have to understand that we need to match the intensity of our pressure with our prayers. See, sometimes we are feeling that overwhelmed feeling coming on, but we pray Mickey Mouse. You need to match the intensity. The Bible says, and being in agony, he prayed the more earnestly. And many times our prayers does not match the challenge that we're in. You know, when we were children, we were kids. And some of y'all, 50 years old, you still praying the same thing. Now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, pray the Lord my soul to take. Amen. <laughs> Guys, you should have graduated from that by now. You should be to the place now that your prayers match your challenge. Boy, that's a word for some people. Do you, are, are, are you just praying repetitiously? The Bible says that we think that God hear us for much speaking or repetitious prayers. Do you just pray the same old prayer no matter what you're going through? Our prayers should match the intensity of our challenge. Look at somebody and tell them, do your prayers match your challenge? That's part of what's wrong with us right there, is that our challenge is much more stronger than our prayer life. Oh, that will preach right there. That will preach. <laughs> See, um, I will tell you this. It's a known fact that unless you are, are sold out, unless you are mature, pressure will push you away from prayer. Pressure will push you away from prayer. Most of the time when people are under pressure, they look for some way to entertain themselves. Or just sleep. You ever had somebody that just, I mean, they sleep all times a day. It just doesn't matter if they are still long enough, they just go to sleep. You know, it's because they are trying to duck and dodge the pressures that they're under. They try to sleep in order to sedate themselves so they don't have to think about the trials, the tests, the pressures that they're under, not realizing that as soon as they open their eyes, it's going to be right back. Do you sleep all the time? Maybe you're not tired. Maybe you're just under pressure. 
Oh my God. Let's I'll show you that this is true. Let's go to uh Luke 22, and I want to read something out of verse 45. Luke 22, verse 45. Listen to what this says carefully. And when he arose up from prayer and was come to his disciple, disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. Did you get that? They were overwhelmed because they knew that Jesus was on his way to the cross. They knew what he had said when he first met them. They knew that he was going to establish his kingdom. But they were so much under pressure that Jesus wanted them to pray to help him. And they went and fell asleep. Because you remember, Jesus said, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful. I am overwhelmed. It said the disciples went to sleep because of sorrow. And if you're not careful, you can find yourself sleep all the time because you are under pressure. You ever notice how hard it is to sleep when you get money? <laughs> it's difficult to sleep. You find energy that you never had before. Back in the days when it was popular to go to the mall, boy, when you got that income tax check, you was going through the mall and you was dragging bags, man. You were looking all upstairs, trying to see if it was a store open up there. They were saying to you, excuse me, shoppers, the mall will close in 10 minutes. Please bring all your final purchases to the register. You were still dragging bags, looking for somewhere else to buy something. You had energy that you never had before. I remember a long time ago, this was BC. And I was uh, I was at, on this famous street that was known for bootleg houses. <laughs> and this guy was walking behind me, dragging his feet. <laughs> and I just kind of looked back and I saw him and he, he looked dejected. He looked discontent. He looked, you know, just like he was struggling. And as we were going up the street and I was going from one place to another, he started singing, and his song was, and I never forgot this. He said, how can a broke man sleep so sound he ain't had since he first laid down? <laughs> See, he was saying it's easy to sleep sound if you ain't got nothing. If you're broke, if you're under pressure, you can sleep like a newborn. Well, I don't even want to say a newborn baby because, you know, they wake up. <laughs> Did you follow what I'm saying? Oh, Jesus, let me move on. Let me move on. I'd like to tell you about some of these experiences sometimes because, boy, I have seen some, been in some, had some, and made some. <laughs> so, listen, many times when we are overwhelmed, we shut down. We shut down. We go into our entertainment to be detained. And we'll put on something and just watch movies all day. We'll just do something that has nothing to do with handling business because we are worn down. We burn the candle from both ends. So we shut down. Now, this is amazing about the Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane represents the humanity of Christ. Here's the 
era of the humanity of Christ that identifies with our humanity. Are you listening? So this was the place where he said, I could, and he said this on the cross, but he was basically saying, I could breach my humanity and walk in my divine privileges, and I can call angels to get me out of this. However, I need to identify with you and know, let you know that I have identified with all of the things that you will go through in life, yet without sin. So he experienced a broad range of emotions. He was overwhelmed. He was sorrowful. He even got a little place that he got a little bit irritated when he went back to the disciples. He, I'm sure he didn't go back to the disciples talking like King James saying, Alas, why could you have not waited with me for at least one hour? Jesus probably went back and saw them laying on the ground. I was like, hey, hey, couldn't you wait with me for one hour? Couldn't you pray with me for one hour? Why are you asleep? I'm the one going to the cross. <laughs> that wouldn't have been sin. That would have just been human. <laughs> are you listening? So this is what I'm saying. Jesus, Jesus experienced a broad range of emotions. Now, we are more prone. Now, this is something that I want you to understand about the Garden of Gethsemane. If you go back and read, the Bible says that he came to the Garden of Gethsemane. He went about a stone's throw away, and then he prayed there. This was not the first time Jesus prayed there. If you go back and look, Jesus would steal away from the disciples often and go to the garden, a place of solitude, and pray and commune with the Father. So he was very familiar with this place. So he was going back to a place he was familiar with. Did you get that part? I want you to understand the, uh, this part about familiarity. Jesus went back to a place he was familiar with to pray. And this is where he went under attack. Did you follow me? We are more prone to become overwhelmed in places that we are familiar with and people that we are used to. We are more prone to become overwhelmed in places we are used to. Your job, hello. Your home, hi. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? Your family members, hello. People that you are used to, you are more prone to become overwhelmed because of your expectation level. Jesus went there to pray. Jesus expected them to labor with him. And he found out none of that was a reality. They were still asleep. This is the place that Jesus went to and he gained victory over, over his human emotion. No matter what emotions that he went through, I imagine if Jesus went there and they were there sleeping, he had to start kicking them while they was while they were asleep. He would have probably been in sin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Imagine getting kicked by Jesus. <laughs> he was used to walking all over the place. <laughs> oh, he would have broke them boys off something good. But I'm just telling you, Jesus overcame 
he overcame his human emotions in the place he was used to going. You have to overcome your human emotions in the places that you are used to and the people that you are used to dealing with. That's your challenge. So he gained that, that, that victory over his human emotions and he walked in his divine nature. See, you have an opportunity to walk in your divine nature. According to Peter, it says, according as his divine uh as according as his divine power, he hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him who have called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us these exceedingly great and precious promises. Listen, great and precious promises, whereby these we become partakers of his divine nature. When you are in a place where you are about to become overwhelmed, the enemy is trying to switch places with you. This is the time to become a partaker of his divine nature so you can gain control over your human nature and your human emotions. That's what's wrong with you right now. If you're angry, if you're mad, if you're overwhelmed, your emotions are all over the board and you have embraced them. You have accepted it. You've learned how to live with it. But right now, I'm telling you, God is saying it's time for you to realize that's a curse. Realize that this thing that's coming against you is your enemy. Realize it is an enemy who is introducing himself to you by a thought of care, trying to get you to switch places with him so he can get above you very high and you can be brought down very low. The Bible says above only and not beneath. Only is the place you're supposed to be. Above only. Yes, that does happen where the enemy comes. Yes, sometimes a weapon form. Yes, sometimes it even prospers. But once you understand what you're going through, you must grab a hold of your emotions in the midst of the storm. Say, peace, be still, rebuke the storm, and get your position back. Because you cannot you cannot, I repeat, you cannot control and rebuke any devils while you're in submission. Believe me, you can't. They don't listen to you when you're out of position. <sighs> so when you begin to feel overwhelmed, you need to realize something is wrong. Something now is out of order. Something is out of order. When you start feeling overwhelmed, there is it's like the check engine light. There is something wrong. You can keep riding around with that light on without getting it checked. Then eventually that thing might shut off on you. You might break down. And there we go again talking about mental health. Only because you ignored the check engine light. You ignored something was wrong. You ignored something was out of order. You have learned to live with it. Some people even put a piece of tape over their check engine light just so they don't have to look at it. Oh, that ought to fix it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Something is wrong. So what I want to know from you. When something like that is going wrong and something is out of order, 
realize the enemy is trying to switch places with you. He is trying to usurp authority over you. He did that to Jesus. Listen to what I'm saying. That bought, brought down very low. He told Jesus, he said, if you will bow down to me and become subjective to me and become subordinate to me, if you will let me get over the top of you and you're down on the bottom, I'll give you all of this stuff for it has been given to me to give it to whosoever I will. He's trying to get you to subordinate yourself to him. Don't do it. Something is wrong. Tell somebody, if you're stressed out, something is wrong. And it's not your situation. You look at your situation, but you don't consider your condition. Your situation will bring the pressure, but you receive it in your condition because you have allowed yourself to be flipped over to the other side. And now you're subordinate. So I close with this. When you know something is wrong, will you embrace it? Or will you refuse it? It's on you. Will you embrace it? Or will you refuse it? Are you going to feel noble walking around? I am so, so overwhelmed because I tell you, I got... Here's that importance factor. I got so much stuff. Let me paraphrase just so you will get it. I'm so overwhelmed. They have entrusted me with so much stuff in my life to I am on this degree of importance, but this thing is coming against me. So I want you to know that I am under pressure because of all the responsibilities that people entrust me with. Look, there might be there might be a truth. To that, but don't feel noble about the enemy trying to switch you places with you. Realize that devil is trying to get control of me, and I can't control him from the bottom side. I can't. Even in a good fight, and it's only a good fight if you win, the bottom is not where you want to be. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? You watch them MMA fighters, and the joker's on the bottom. <laughs> He's trying his best to flip himself and get back over on top where he can gain some control. Now, I know what some of you are saying. Some of them get those submission holes from the bottom. Go ahead and master being on the bottom <laughs> so you can finally win one. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is not where you want to be. Being on the bottom is not where you want to be. All right. Well, listen. When that happens to you, refuse it. Realize it's a curse. Realize the enemy is trying to get advantage. And you trust in God. And just like Jesus, he sent the angel to strengthen Jesus. God will strengthen you. When you refuse to allow the enemy to take you out of position. God will strengthen you and you will be right in the eye of the storm with peace. When everybody else are being blown all over the place around you, you'll be in that quiet place right in the eye of the storm. Praise God. Listen, guys, I know there's a lot of folks out here who is overwhelmed. A lot of people. So I'm telling you right now, whatever you do, share this. 
thought I was done, didn't you? I know you did. Share this. Like this. Subscribe so you don't miss anything. And you'll know when another video drops. <laughs> so whatever you do, whenever you do it, remember our challenge. We got people who are signing up. We thank God for you because it's going to happen. So whatever you do, whenever you do it, however you do it, make sure you don't try to do it while you're overwhelmed. That way you know you can. Keep it real.